Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sup Talk Radio. I am excited tonight. Like most of my guests, I met this individual on Instagram. He's competed for 30 years. I haven't competed in almost 30 years. He has a good friend going to the Masters O. I have a good friend going into the Masters O. And most recently, took second in his class at the Team Universe. And he's actually living proof that age is just a number and not a feeling. Allow me to introduce Paul, Paulie, don't call me small, Davis. Paul, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So while people are listening to this, obviously, I have Vinny Galanti in my corner. And Paulie, who, who do you have in your corner that you're rooting on for the Masters O? Uh, Fred Biggie Smalls. He's my trainer and my friend. And how did, and how did you guys meet? I moved to Delaware in uh, 2019, and uh, when when I was living here after you know several months, I started thinking about competing again. Um, so I asked around at this one gym that I belonged to uh, that I joined here in, in Delaware, and um, I ran into somebody who suggested I get in touch with uh, Fred Smalls. I had heard the name Fred Smalls, but I, I didn't know exactly who he was. I reached out to him and uh, went up to go see him in Newcastle at the training center gym up there where he operates. And um, we hit it off. And it was interesting because, uh, you know, as we mentioned before, the show went live. You know, I was competing for, you know, I think my first show was about 32 years old. And, um, you know, it was just something I did on occasion. Well, I met I met Fred and I said, you know, I was thinking about, you know, doing a show, uh, you know, competition. And he said, yeah, I'll get you in shape. We'll, you know, we'll get your pro card. Okay. And I had never even, you know, considered, you know, uh, you know, competing at that level, you know, to, to get the pro card. But I did that. And, you know, I started with him in, uh, in 2021. And okay. we, did a, we did a couple shows in 2022. Uh, and then we just did two more shows this year. Got it. So was your was your goal when you started lifting to get a pro card or just more of a hobby kind of thing? No, it was just really more of a hobby. You know, I liked the, the I, I ran track and cross country in high school and in college. You know, I, I probably weighed about a hundred pounds less back then, but I was in great cardio shape. You know. Yep. And um, you know, I I took up uh, you know bodybuilding in college, not really knowing what I was doing. You know, I just kind of ate everything that didn't move. You know, basically, you know, just putting on size and I. I kind of had a bulky look, you know, like a football player. And as long as the scale kept going up, you know, I figured I was doing the right thing, but I really wasn't, you know, it wasn't until I hired a trainer when I competed at age 32 that I realized I was going about it all, you know, incorrectly. Um, but go ahead. That was so what, what made you go from the track and field into the, into weightlifting? something in the brain or some magazine or what made you change that? Make yeah, that that's shift? a great, that's a great question. You know, where I grew up in New Jersey in North Jersey was a town called Bloomfield. It's in Essex County. And, um, you know, growing up, I mean, there was a, a there was a, a, a crowd of people I went to school with. And even after graduation that were working out at a local gym and developing themselves. And there was a guy in college. I remember I was in sophomore year and, um, he lived on campus like I did at Manhattan college and he was a bodybuilder. He was from Brooklyn. And I admired his physique. I said, you know, I'm working out at the, in the gym just to get upper body strength for running. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I gave up on running. I just said, you know, I've done this for a number of years and I'm going to take up bodybuilding, you know, just to develop my physique. I was tired of being a toothpick, you know? Yep. I can't, it's hard to find dates, you know, find girls that weigh less than you, you know? 
So I'm assuming doing the math, maybe this is before the internet or at the time of the internet. I mean, where are we getting all your before. research? Yeah, okay. this was well before. So I started in uh, bodybuilding in college. It was probably in 1982. I graduated. Oh, okay. So going into my junior year, uh, that summer when I left sophomore year in, in May from school, I, I think I weighed about 134 pounds. And how tall are you, Paul? Six feet. Oh, wow. Okay. So you were really well, small. You, it's really lanky. You feel, yeah, you can feel my plight here. So, you know, I, um, I took up bodybuilding. I, I joined a local gym that I knew, you know, guys from the neighborhood were, you know, training at. Yep. And, um, and I liked the environment. I liked the vibe. It was like a fraternity, you know. Uh, we knew each other outside the gym before that. But when they saw I came into the gym and we started to train, you know, and get into bodybuilding, it was like they embraced that. And you feel like you're part of a family. So I went back to school uh, that fall in September. And so I left, you know, uh, school. I was 134 pounds. I went back to school. I was 165 pounds. Wow. And immediately I was cutting the sleeves off my t-shirts, you know, Loving and it's it. still 165 is still, you know, very, very thin at, at six feet tall. Yeah. But you were probably, we were probably still, I mean, you're muscular. You're probably still lean though, maybe, or was it a yeah, lot of bulk? Okay. Yeah, I was still lean. So were you, so, were these people helping you with any kind of nutrition or were you like, like maybe you set off air where you just kind of eating anything you thought was right? Yeah. They just said, you know, just eat as much as you can and put on size. And, you know, I was training probably back then, like six days a week, okay. you know, again, you know, doing things incorrectly, but you're, you know, it's, um, and that's why I'll always say, get a trainer if you're serious about, you know, bodybuilding so that you don't waste your time or spin your wheels. I could have saved a lot of time, you know, because you're basically you're looking at other people training the gym. And if they're doing the exercise incorrectly, now you are as well. So, yes. And I think when anybody starts working out, agree to disagree, you're going to put on 10, 15 pounds regardless, just for shock in the system. Absolutely. And that's basically what happened. You know, I went back in the fall in college and, you know, people were shocked to see, you know, the transformation. And that just becomes contagious and you just want more. Yes. Uh, but it wasn't until, you know, I went to a, 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 a competition, you know, uh, that year going into my senior year. And um, it was a local show in Montclair, New Jersey. And, you know, I, in fact, I just ran into one of the guys that competed in it, you know, just recently last weekend when I was in uh, New Jersey. And, um, and, you know, you're sitting in there and you're smelling the baby oil at the time. And it's just, you know, the whole environment I was, I was intrigued by. And so I, I kind of just gravitated to that and then, you know, just kept pushing it and pushing it further and further. So. So you put the weight on, you go back to school. Did you continue track and field or was it now, now, that, that, that now in your past? That was done. You know, okay. I told the coach, you know, I was uh, not going to run on the team anymore, but you know, I had accomplished the things I wanted to accomplish, you know, uh, in track and field. And, um, you know, at this point I was pursuing, you know, my sport was going to be bodybuilding. Okay. Go to college. Yeah. What college did you go to? Uh, Manhattan college in New York. And degree. Uh, yeah. Bachelor of arts. I, uh, majored in political science, got a business minor. I was going to okay. go to law school okay. and, uh, my law boards weren't uh, too great. So I, I had to shift gears and, and pursue other interests. Okay. So, so, when do you finally decide or who goes you to do your first show? So what happened was um, it was after I got married very young uh, at 23. I had a child that, you know, my older son who's 32. Now I had him when, you know, I was 27 
And when I was about 30, you know, I was working out at a, which was a gold's gym back then in, in uh, Belleville, New Jersey. It's now called Signature Fitness. Love it. And um, I started, you know, talking to people that were in the gym. It, again, it was, you know, a lot of competitive bodybuilders I became friends with. And I uh, connected with a friend of mine, uh, Elliot Negron, who had who was successful in his own right in competing. And I asked him if he would train me for a show. So I told him, I'll never forget, you know, sitting with him the first you know, time I met with him. He said, uh, he said, you have questions for me? I said, yeah, Al. I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't understand what's going on. I'm, I'm training six days a week. I'm not growing. He goes, well, that's your problem. I said, yeah. what? He's like, you're overtraining. He said, train four days a week. It, it, it was just like you're breaking all those, you know, those those, uh, you know, those myths and stereotypes that you had in your head, you know, that this is how you get bigger. I said, well, I thought working out makes you bigger. He said, rest makes you bigger. Working out breaks down the muscle. So just totally rewrote my script. He said, what are you eating? I gave him what I was eating at the time. I was eating like a dozen eggs a day. I was eating, I don't know, like six bananas a day. I was consuming a massive amount of food. So he looked at the paper. He, he just drew lines through. He said, all right. He said, um, I'm handing this back to you. Eat everything that's not crossed out. Call me Monday. That was like a Friday. I called him Monday when I got to the gym after work. And uh, I said, dude, I'm I'm shrinking. And he, he just let out this big guffaw on the phone. You know, he's like, you're not shrinking. I just pulled out all that sodium and carbs. And again, just totally reeducating me as far as you know, what the correct uh, path is to follow, you know, when it comes to, you know, achieving your goal and, and, and developing your, your physique. So when you gave him the food list, how much was wiped off? 50% more yeah, or less? Yeah, at least 50%. Okay. I was eating like, I don't know, like maybe, I was eating like two pounds of chicken a day. I was eating, you know, a dozen eggs. Um, I was eating the bananas, you know, bread, you yep. know, I was eating probably about 10 slices of bread a day. I don't know where I got this diet from, but you know, it made you feel big because you were bloated all the time. You know, basically that's what it was. But you're probably thinking like most people, okay, chicken's healthy, Rocky, everybody else did eggs. Bananas are healthy. They're, they're very nutritional dense bread. You know, we still don't know as much bread, but it sounds like you like I did when I first started lifting. It's like I'm eating all the healthy foods, just maybe not the healthiest. Right, right. And there was really no, you know, you really weren't paying attention to the macros and just, you know, I, I wasn't um, weighing my food by any yep. means until I, I, until I, you know, hired my friend Elliot to train me. You know, then I got a food scale and then everything really started to make sense. You know, we could tweak it a few grams and, you know, Sean, you know, you do that. And over yep. the course of a week or two weeks, you can make a big difference in your body. That's it. That's it. So again, did somebody, did you say, did you raise your hand and say, Hey, look, I want to try the show thing. Or did someone tap you and say, Paul, you got a great physique. Maybe you should step on stage. No, I, I said to Elliot, you know, I said, train me for a competition. I, I said, basically I want to look like the people in the magazines. Okay. You know, muscle and fitness, mus muscular development. And, you know, I saw that he had competed and uh, you know, he was successful um, and so that's what we did. You know, it was funny because we, we looked at the calendar and it was like, let's see what's 16 weeks out. Let's see what shows are 16 weeks out. Okay. And that's, and you know, it's hard to believe because, you know, that's only four months. Yeah. And this, the two shows that I did recently, uh, you know, the, uh, Garden State Championships, uh, in June, at the end of June and the team universe, 
on July 1st, we've been training for like at least a year and a half for those shows. I know, crazy, so, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's no wonder I felt so burnt out when I was done. So when you so you're looking at the magazines, and was there somebody or somebody's that you wanted to attain to, or who did you have eyes for? Were you more of a, a lean Frank Zane guy, or looking more like you wanted to look more like Lee Haney? I mean, who were you who are you gravitating to? Si you know, um, I remember Chris Cormier. You know, okay. you know he he was uh, you know um, like one of the top bodybuilders at that time. Yep. You know, going back, I mean, we all watched you know Pumping Iron and stuff, and you know uh, that was you know part of you know you know, your, your life at that point, you're looking at the, the, the people that really blazed the trail and yeah. drew attention from a marketing standpoint, you're putting bodybuilding on the map. And, um, I thought Bob Paris had a, a very good physique. Yes. You know, he was very classical looking. Um, so th those were the ones, it wasn't like necessarily Arnold or anything like that, you know? Um, but those are, you know, th that's kind of what I aspire to achieve. And, you know, as bodybuilders, I, you know, I, medicinally, you know, we all suffer from this body dysmorphia, you oh, know? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know, so people will look at you and they'll say, hey, you know, you hey, big guy. And you're like looking around like, you know, you're talking to me because big to me would be like Fred Smalls, you know, or people that are, you know, are higher up on the on the chain, you know? Yep. So it's funny because you have to you have to almost be when when you're talking to bodybuilders, whether you're one among the brethren or you're just outside, as you know, you have to pick your words because I almost caught myself saying to Vinny recently, you look really lean, but then I stopped and made sure I said shredded because I know if I said lean, he'd think, oh, my God, I'm down 15 pounds. You know, it's, yeah. it's all about the choice of words and how, and, and how you present it. Yeah, it's true. You know, and it was funny because, you know, uh, last year, you know, when after I competed, you know, in 2022 and, and you know, worked with Fred, I said to Fred, you know, I, I want to be, you know, I want to be that character on the, on the gold gym t-shirt. You know, I want to, I want to be like, awesome. you know, I, I, you know, I'm tired of people asking me if I work out, do you work out? You look like you work out, you know? And I said, I, I want them to ask me if I'm a bodybuilder, do you compete? Yep. And, and, and Sean, you know, I kid you not. I mean, that's kind of what we accomplished. One of the things we accomplished recently, you know, with these two shows was getting in that kind of shape where people, they look at you, you know, and they're like, you know, you look like you compete, you know, and that was the conversation I wanted to have. I wanted to, I didn't want to look like I just worked, I was in the gym working out. I wanted to, to kind of develop my physique that way. And what was your stage weight at the team universe a couple of weeks ago? Uh, that was 212. Okay. And biggest, so, or did I said you had the best package? Biggest, or in in my uh, in the master sixty for for you personally, that was the biggest that I've been on stage. You okay. know, um, I, we don't measure body fat. I mean, I when I trained back in Jersey back in the day, we used to measure body fat. You know, we go by the look. Yep. You know, because the body fat yeah, really is irrelevant. You know, that's kind of just to satisfy your ego. You know, you go by what you see. And yes. not necessarily what your body fat is. The judges don't care what your body fat percentage is, as you know. So, yeah. you know, I don't know what my body fat percentage was, but I, it was the best shape I've ever been in. You know, I mean, right. size wise, symmetry wise, conditioning wise. And, um, you know, so I, the year before when I did Team Universe, I got fourth. Okay. And I was 205 on stage. So I came back this year at 212. You know, we, we did a lot of work. We put on a lot of, lot of good muscle uh, this past year. 
your first show, what did you compete at? I'm so uh-huh. lightweight or lightweight, middleweight, maybe? No, I was a light heavyweight, which was, really? I'm, I'm laughing because it's, you know, I competed at heavyweight these last two years, yeah, which is really the weight class I belong in, you know, but when I competed at light heavyweight, my first show, I was 188 pounds on stage. Which is light in the light heavies because I think the cutoff is 185, I think. 198. No, well, that's the high end, but the low end. Oh, I the think, one, yes. I think it's so one. So you're in the lower end of the light heavy. Yeah. And okay. so what happened was, you know, at six feet tall, 188. Now I'll preface it by saying when I started with that trainer, Elliot, the friend of mine, I weighed 226 pounds. Wow. Okay. So in 16 weeks, I got down to 188 pounds. That's almost 40 pounds to shed. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, I was in the gym twice a day. I was doing about two and a half hours of cardio a day and an okay. hour and a half of lifting. I look back and I just, I remember like going to the gym in the morning, you know, working out and doing cardio. And then I go back at the end of the day to do more cardio. And in the morning, you know, there were lockers in the locker room and I would put a padlock. I would take, I would shower there, put my suit on, go to the office, um, put my wet gym clothes in the locker. And then at the end of the day, put those wet gym clothes back on. Oh, I mean, it it was just, you know, it, it was just hardcore to the bone. Hopefully you took those clothes home at the end of the day and didn't leave them in the locker overnight. I washed them. <laughs> so, Paul, you do, you do your first show or you're leading up to your first show. What do you find was the hardest? Was it the eating? Was it the training? Or was it the stepping on stage in your underwear, as my friend likes to say? No, that was the easy part. You know, the, the training is the fun part, you know, if it could be fun. Um, because you like to train. It was yep. the eating. And then I, I remember... Um, most about the first show in that 16 weeks, the carb loading and depleting for 10 of those 16 weeks to lose that. And so, you know, I would go three days with no carbs, zero carbs. Wow. Okay. And then one day with carbs. And And what would that be at roughly? What would that be at 300, 400 or even higher? It would be about 300. Okay. Okay. But it was, you know, the three days without and doing that for, for, for 10 weeks, just like your metabolism was like just spiraling, you know, out of control. I mean, you just, but we had to peel down, you know, the body fat that I was carrying at, you know, from, at 226 pounds. Yep. So um, I'll never forget, you know, one training, one posing session in Elliot's office, you know, he, um, he had, you know, the calipers and he was like pinching, you know, eight places to measure my body fat. And it only went down like a quarter of a percent from one, I forget what week it was, but it was a quarter of a percent. And he goes, wow, it only dropped a quarter of a percent. I was killing myself. I was doing yeah, yeah. At that time an hour and a half of cardio. I said, what are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. He said, more cardio. And I could have cried on his shoulder, you know. I mean, just what you want to hear. It was just like, oh man, I just, you know, I really took it down. I mean, I was, I was shredded, but I was thin and I was going up against guys that were like 195 pounds and five feet seven. So, yep. but I did well. I took second in my first show. Excellent. And then two weeks later I did another show and I, I did an, I won the novice and took second in, in the open. Okay. Um, and then I didn't compete after that until uh, that was in 93, uh, I think it was. And then in 96, I competed again. And, wow, okay. um, and then that show, I, I think I was about 193 pounds, still light. Yep. When I when I competed at age 50 in 2012 at the Garden State Championship, I was um, 198 pounds, still a light heavyweight. 
yep. you know, and took um, second in the Masters 50 and fifth in the Men's okay. Open. So, you know, this year I wanted redemption. You know, uh, I was going to do a show in Maryland, but they they didn't have the same show that I did last year, the East Coast Classic. So I, um, I, I saw that the Garden State Championship was a week before Team Universe, which was the one we really were training for. Yep. And I said, you know, I'm going in, though, to win. So, you know, the Garden State Championship, I won, you know, the Masters 60 and took second in the Men's Open. Heavy awesome. Win. So that was uh, that was fun. It was fun beating the, some of the young guys, you know. So when you when you look back at obviously you were doing I call it the carb cycling obviously or low carb and high carb is that what you're still practicing now or what's working for you now at a later age? So what we did was we didn't really drop carbs until I would say four weeks out we started playing with them, okay. and then we didn't really pull them until like a week and a half out or two weeks out, like and not completely. We, just, we never did it completely. We, we, we dropped them down. I think the lowest was maybe, I want to say, like 37 grams of carbs in a day. Okay. And then okay. we loaded up before the show, starting on like Thursday. You know, Fred would introduce carbs back in me yep. and fill me out, you know, for the contest. And it worked out great this year, you know, doing it that way. That was one of the other things. I mean, he knew my body. Mm-hmm. And how I responded, which was which was critical. Now, obviously, everyone's metabolism and bodies are different. But being Fred's a bigger guy, do you think you were very was his was his metabolism maybe similar to yours? Maybe which is why it worked well for you. Or I don't know if you were using kind of his diet. Maybe I'm not sure. You know, he he really looks to see how it responds to each person. Yep. You know, and tailors it accordingly. It was funny because he is, he's certainly a lot bigger than I am. And I remember, you know, when I was in prep uh, before the, you know, the two uh, contests, I said, how you doing? You know, what, what are your carbs now? And he said like 92. And I said, well, it's a weird 92, number. For, <laughs> 92 for me would be okay, but for your size. And, you know, you start talking at a whisper, you know, it's, it's, you know, you just, um, it takes its toll on you. Yeah. So, so if I could ask, what are your car? What were your carb sources like? What were your go tos? What did you enjoy most recently in the prep? Breakfast. Okay, that, that's still like the number one meal. You know, you can't beat breakfast. You know, I would eat like twelve to fourteen egg whites, maybe two yolks. Okay. And um, when I was in prep and low carbing, you know, it was um, a quarter of a cup of uh, cream of rice, which was my thirty-seven grams. Okay. Of carbs. You know, and it's funny when he gives you the meal plan, you know, he'll update it, you know, in prep, it could be, you could change your meal plan like every couple of days, yep. so, you, know, but de you know, depending on what you're looking like. And so I remember going and looking at it when it was just a quarter cup of cream of rice and I was, you know, your eyes scanned down the, the paper and I'm like, there's no other carbs on here, you know, what's going on? I know. You know? And that's, so it's funny because I'm, I'm on, I'm kind of a carb cycling myself. So I do Monday, Tuesday, 50 Wednesday through Saturday. I'm doing 150, and then Sunday is kind of my refeed at 300. So when I started this, it was really trying to monitor my body because on the 150 days, I'd knock it all out in my first three meals and my next three meals would be strictly protein. Yeah. But then I kind of felt a little weird. So now what I do is I do breakfast, lunch, dinner, carbs, and then my three in between meals, I'm doing just strictly protein. Yeah. But, you know, everybody's different. You got to just see what works for you, how your body's your response, because everybody is different. 
Yeah, one of, the, one of the things that we did too during this uh, this year's training was when it comes to eating, you know, we had certain days were higher carbs. So you had carbs each of your days, but we loaded up on leg day. Of course. You know, and we loaded up on uh, chest day. And okay. those are the two days that I was training with Fred up in Newcastle because he's about an hour and 15 minutes from me. So I would train on my own you know, for the other body parts, but, you know, if we were looking to develop our legs and, uh, and chest, yep. and then we shifted from chest to arms, you know, in the, in the last five weeks. Okay. Um, but you know, those days were higher, higher carbs. And it was funny because I joked with them, you know, like doing legs with Fred is just, uh, it's, it's ridiculous. I sent you, you sent that me video. memes. You text me the memes the other the day meme too, you know, with Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio, crawling to his car from the country club. That was me going to my car. It's so ridiculously painful, you know, a couple of times moving me almost to the point of tears. Like, you know, it, like one time I just wanted to almost tap out, you know, it yeah. got, it, you know, and it gets scary as you get older too. You know, you don't want to tear stuff. I've done that already, you know, years ago. And you, you kind of become a little gun shy, but I said, you know, this is great. You know, I'd walk into the gym. I said, you know, this is great. I get to eat all these carbs today. But it's almost like, you know, it's almost like what meal do you want on death row? You know, <laughs> you can eat anything you want, but you're, you're, you're you know, you're going to get, you know, put under, you know, and that's how that's how leg day was. You get to eat all these carbs, but you pay for it, you know, in another way. What is if I can ask, what is your training like now? Now that you're obviously older, is it the same as it was 30 years ago or how is it adapted? Um, it's, it's a lot more intense, you know, with really? Fred. Yeah. Okay. All due respect to my trainer in Jersey, you know, uh, Fred's brings to the table a lot, a lot more knowledge and, um, it was way more intense, you know, okay. uh, people that know me, you know, and I've shared, you know, uh, training stories with, you know, it's, um, it's, it's really, you remember it for a while. It's not only just the physical pain, but it's the mental pain. Yes. That you're pushing yourself to that limit. And um, you feel good when you're done, like not immediately, but like the next day that you accomplish that. And, um, but it's just a, a whole, it was totally different. So the age didn't matter so much. I mean, we did the, the training methods, you know, that Fred applies, you know, with muscle under tension, mm -hmm. you know, contraction, negatives, high volume, you know, 15, 20 reps. Okay. You know, uh, we, we were doing like 20 rep sets on the pendulum squat for legs one time. And it was just, I'll never forget that. That was painful. The gym knows when I'm doing legs, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not quiet, you know, you guys don't have a garbage can next to you. Do you, when you're doing legs, I, I would look for one, you know, just to be safe, you know, I, I, uh, I got close to, to heaving a few times, you know, but, um, dizzy, you know, just holding on to the equipment, sticking my head out the door just to breathe in fresh air. Yep. Um, you know, you do whatever it takes to get through it. So now with Fred now four weeks out from the master's O for Fred has his, has his intensity gotten higher with you or is he kind of like, I want to say slow down a little bit, but obviously being more methodical now, not to hurt himself in the next four weeks. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's maintains control. Yeah. You know, okay. he knows his limitations, uh, which is, which is important, you know, because you could feel strong some days, but you know, you, the idea is not to tear anything, 
you know, and, um, you know, you can't let your ego get in the way when it comes to that. So, and that's what I, I respect and appreciate about Fred, you know, as my trainer, you know, was that he was able to, um, protect me. I would say that to him. I'd say, thanks for protecting me. Like you pushed me really hard, but you know, and I, and, and I would always say to him, like we would say back in the day when we were in, you know, the, the, back in the gym in Bloomfield or Belleville, you know, we'd say, you know, watch me, watch me. And Fred would be like, yeah, I'm right here. I got you. You know, it's like, you keep your hand on it just in case, you know. And that's where you have a, a good partner where you obviously have like that. I call it the mind meld. We don't even have to have a spoken word. It's just, okay, I see you going down. I know what I have to do, or I need, you need that extra. Let me help you that spot. And it's just kind of one-on-one. It just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. You know, I think when I think back, you know, I mean, I talk about the leg workouts now, you know, in the gym, when I think back to, to college and some of the interval training we were doing on the track, you know, for yep. track workouts, it was just grueling. Like, you know, you'd run a quarter mile, you know, one lap around the track and you would do that in about 62 seconds to 62 to 65 seconds. And then you would jog 110 yards, which is, you know, a quarter of the quarter, you know, and then start up again. You know, the coach would have the watch and, and that was your rest was that little jog of 110 yards. And you would do that probably about two miles worth, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, eight, quarters on the track and it just you know your your brain you get tunnel vision from the oxygen debt that you're 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 putting yourself through um that kind of gave me a good foundation for pain yeah you know know, pushing your pain threshold because that's really and you know and and to reference you know the, the movie you know pumping iron when arnold talks about it's those last two or three reps you know it's it's pushing past if you're able to do that, you know, you will succeed. Yes. Not yes. everybody wants to go there. And with your two most recent shows, what was the cardio like? Was the cardio again two days, hour, hour plus? Or were we able to kind of manage that a little bit better? No, we, we, we didn't. We didn't go over 45 minutes on any, you know, I mean, it would sometimes it would be 45 minutes. Some days it would be 30 or 20. Yep. Leg, leg day, it was zero, which, you know, again, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, because you had to do legs, but um, the cardio wasn't out of control. And and I think mostly because, you know, I stayed in shape after the 22, uh, 2022 shows. Okay. You know, I, I use my, my abs as my gauge. Sure. So if I can see four squares in the off season, then I'm doing pretty good. You know, I stayed pretty lean. You know, I, I think the heaviest that I got, you know, with, we were kind of, you know, eating a lot. Uh, during the course of the year and a half, I got up to about 243 pounds. Okay. Which wasn't too bad. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's always interesting because every, like as we said earlier, everything works differently for people. Like I'm a big fan of Jay Cutler and Jay Cutler always says he's not a fan of cardio. He'd rather have the food, manipulate the food. Yeah. Okay. Like to try to lose the weight. And then other people, they say, I, my food is still going to stay at X amount of calories, X amount of na- macros. I'm just going to add 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes on the cardio. You know, so it's like, what's right, what's wrong, but only you, the individual, knows what's best. Yeah. I think the cardio is important, though. I mean, without a doubt. Uh, of course. Especially when you're posing on stage, which is exhausting when you're in a depleted state. Yep. You know, you're dehydrated, you know, you're, 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 you're tired you're up there hitting, hitting poses, you know, all your mandatories and, and, and whatnot. 
I think you, you need a good cardio as a foundation there to get you through it. No, I agree, but I, I don't know if sometimes the pros are exaggerating because I hit them, hit them doing two hours of cardio a day. I don't know and I think that. that's a little too too extensive. I think I think they're trying to over embellish it a little bit. I yeah, uh, I uh, I'm not sure about that. So something else that video video I always talk about is I think it's more of a wives tale that is as people get older their legs suffer. Do you feel that it happened to you at all? Like your legs yeah. you, they did. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure why that is though. Okay. <clears throat> you know, I think somebody said something recently and I Polly, the nerves, the nerves that go into your legs, um, you know, they said something like, as you get older, there's not as many nerves that go into your legs. So your, your muscles, and, and as you know, I mean, as you get older, your leg muscles will, I think, atrophy more than your upper body. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, and that's true, even with the pros. Yeah. Cause, cause it's funny. Cause Vinny's perspective is that many times that, that a lot of people don't change, they do the same training they did 30 years ago or 20 years ago, that they're not acclimating with the times. And that's where a lot of the inconsistencies, sometimes with body parts in general, you know, again, agree to disagree. Yeah, no, I think that also adds to it. I think there's a physiological um, reason for that, but also certainly the training has, you have to adapt your training. Yep. You know, as you get older, you need more more time to heal. Yeah, exactly. You know? And, exactly. and that's the thing, you know, it's, um, you know, you, 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 I know that for a fact, I was taking like two hour naps a day, you know, and, um, and that was just to get through the day. It wasn't like I felt refreshed afterward, you know, it was, it's funny. Cause like, you know, people see and they're like, oh, you look great, you know, and wow, I can't believe you're 61 and they'll thank you. You know, I'm blessed and whatnot, but, um, you know, behind my door in my house, I feel a hundred, you know, do you really? Okay. You know, after, after when you're training for a show. Oh not yeah, now. of course. Not now, no. Now I'm 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 well stocked on Chinese food and you know and junk food and stuff. I feel great. What was I always like to ask? So you with you come in second place to the Team Universe. That's that's the last show of the year, right? The, yeah. the Garden, Garden State was the first one. What was the first meal you went out went out and had? What did you kind of gorge yourself on? Uh, we went to Cheesecake Factory. Okay. in Hackensack, New Jersey, you know, we went there, the menu's extensive. Yeah. And, um, you know, my older son, I remember in 2022, we had done the same thing. And I said, well, I can't decide what to get. He's like, well, just get whatever you want and take it home. I was like, oh, what a great idea. So we just picked on like a bun. We ordered like several entrees, several appetizers, but I didn't crave any particular one food. Yep. You know, okay. that was the thing. It was just, um, things that were different than yeah. the stuff, you know, I mean, when you're, when you're in prep, it's, it's well, not even just prep. I mean, for the last year and a half, I've just been eating the same food every day. And the only thing, and I, I would, I would just cook in bulk, you know, I would take, you know, ground, you know, sirloin, or I would take, you know, salmon, or I would take, you know, ground Turkey or ground chicken breast, just dump it in a glass, you know, Pyrex tray covered with yep. foil and I wouldn't even season it. I would just stick it in the oven because I'm not eating for taste. You know, I just, wow, like, okay. you know, and I would put mustard on it because it had no calories. And I did that for a year and a half. I give you credit because at least I have to put a little bit of, a little bit of sea salt, a little bit of pepper. I need a little something on it. I'm not a sauce guy. I need a little, little bit of, 
a little bit of seasoning on it, but more power horrible. to you for nothing. It was horrible. It was horrible. It just, you know, and, and then towards the end, you feel it. Like you just, it's just like, how many times can I eat the same stuff every day? You know, six times a day, you know? Yeah. But do you feel it got easier though? Because when I first started dieting and I just, I didn't go cold turkey. I slowly started cutting out. I didn't go from like ice cream to no ice cream. I started slowly weaning things out. So for me, I felt it just got easier and easier versus, you know, oh, when can I finally have that candy bar, that ice cream? I felt it was easier. I'm still, I still don't miss any of this stuff anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, the interesting thing with me is um, I didn't really have cravings. Okay. You know, um, I mean, you would think about it. You know, I, I'd get up, you know, a, a few times during the night, you know, and it's in those moments that you think about it. Because I have a 17-year-old that spends time with me, and you know, I buy yeah. his Doritos and his junk food and stuff. It's Same there here. in the house. But you, you, there's, you know, I tell people, you can offer me a million dollars in cash to eat something like that, and I'll just laugh in your face. Like, you, you don't even entertain it, you know, beyond the initial thought. Yeah. You, you wouldn't dare, you know, uh, deviate from your diet. You know, not if you're competing. It just makes no sense. I remember the first time I'll share with you, you know, when I competed and the show that I did was in May and Easter. This came. Year. No, this was in my very first show oh, in okay. uh, 92 okay. when I was in Jersey. And the, and so I was doing that 10 weeks of carb loading and depleting. And so, you know, I wasn't having anything, but what was on, on the menu, you know, on the meal plan. Yeah. So, my mom made sugar cookies, you know, with, with like icing on them and stuff, you know, for Easter. And she gave me some to give to my older son, who was young at the time. Okay. So I brought them home. And I must have been about maybe four weeks out. And I took a, a corner of the cookie and I broke it. And I ate it. And I broke out in a sweat. My veins exploded, like, you know, through my skin. <laughs> and I was like, wow, like, holy. So like, you know, the insulin spike was tremendous. Yep. So the next morning I saw my trainer at the gym and I said, Elliot, I cheated last night. He goes, what'd you do? I, from <laughs> I broke a piece of cookie. I had a piece of cookie. He goes, did you break out in a sweat and your veins explode? I said, yeah. He goes, yeah. He goes, that's because you got no carbs, you know, running through you. He goes, don't do it again. <laughs> so I laughed and I went over to another guy, this guy, Vinny, who was a cop in Orange at the time. And he competed. And I said, Vin, I cheated last night. I, he goes, really? What'd you have? And I said, I had a piece of cookie. And he looked at me and he said, get the hell away from me. He said, like, that's not cheating. He goes, I cheated. He goes, I had a meatball parm sub. Like he just went <laughs> off, like, you know, that's cheating. You know, he didn't want to talk to me. But when your mom gave you the cookies, did she guilt you to saying, well, honey, you're looking awfully skinny. Have at least one or two. Or did she no, understand? No, but you know, everybody, everybody was worried, you know, especially these last two shows, they, they, you know, they're like, you know, we hear your stories about training and stuff. And, you know, they're, they, you know, family worries about you, you know, about you know, yeah. your health and are you going to be okay? And, We'll be happy when it's done, you know, and you know, it's like I remember when my dad, my dad passed away in January. That was another challenge this year. But I remember last year in 2022, you know, it was tough. You know, I was going through the same thing with prep and talking to him on the phone. And he was living in Tennessee at the time. And he said, what do you think? Like, you know, 
because, you know, part of the prep, and if you've heard this, if, if anyone has shared this with you, is the play it has on your emotions. Of course. You know, like hormonally, you know, and just like you you break down and cry in, in the gym for no reason. You stand there, tears running down your face. You just, you can't believe what you're doing to yourself. All this stuff, you know, that you're feeling. So I was saying this to my dad and when he was alive and he said, wow, he goes, what do you think? You think you should stop? I go, no, there's, there's not even an option. <laughs> and it, it, is, it is tough. Like, like we mentioned earlier, the post that I had on myself, it's like some mornings you wake up, you know, the abs are coming in, you're feeling great and you think you're great. You know, I'm ahead of schedule. And the next morning you wake up and it's because you had carbs, you maybe spilled over a little bit and you're like, I look like crap. You know, it's it's, that's it. It's the up and down, up and down. Yeah, it's exactly right. It, it really messes with you, you know, and it's like I, I call it like, you know, an old friend, you know, like if you've not competed in a while and then also because the feeling is immediately recognizable, you know, when it yeah. comes back and it's like, oh, I remember you, you know, OK, we're going to we're going to go cross that threshold now, you know, and you're entering a different phase of prep. Yeah. You know, and it, it's it's a dark phase. It's it's you know, I mean, I tell people, you know, it's a sport that boasts, I think, kind of, you know, that it's a healthy you know, sport and developing your physique and eating healthily. But, you know, not. it's not. No, it's totally not. What you do to yourself is just completely destructive. You know, and again, my wife sees that my wife sees the emotional downward spiral and of course, she's trying to be supportive, and I love my wife to death. She's like, "You got to look at where you were and where, where you're going, and try to be so supportive." But then, I'm, my friends, I'm like, "Look, just tell me straight out. Don't sugarcoat it. I'm a New Yorker. I'm like, don't sugarcoat it. Tell me I look like crap. You know, don't tell me, oh, you look great, this and that, and this and that. Be honest with me." And that's that's what I want to hear. I take the negativity yeah. and fuel that for the fire. Yeah, yeah. You're, you know, people in the gym are going to be honest with you. You know, yes, that especially those that have competed. You know, um, of course, people that are close to you see you differently than you see yourself. We see ourselves every day in the mirror. Yes. You know, and um, there's a gal that I spend time with, you know, in, in North Jersey. And, and she's never, you know, been with anyone who was a competitive bodybuilder, you know, and she admires my physique and all. But, you know, it, it was like there were moments, you know, we'd talk on the phone or text or something. She's like, are you OK? You're like you're scaring me, you know, and it's like I I just need a hug, you know. I just like I I hurt so bad, you know, uh, if in my brain, my body, you know, and it's um it's hard for people to really understand. And then when they see you, um, they see the change more than we do, yes. you know, especially especially in your face, you know. It's like you I, you know you're you're further along in prep when you start biting the inside of your cheeks, when you chew your food, you know, cause your yes. face gets sucked in, you know? And I think that's the most validating when you see yes, people you haven't seen in a while, or like I did, I did a post a while ago, October to now. And for me, it was like night and day. I feel like a baby Huey last year compared to now. I'm not Dexter Jackson death face yet, but you know, progress. It's coming. Yeah. You got what October you said, right? Yeah. 13 weeks as of Saturday. Yeah. You still got some time. But to, I would say like the last three weeks before, you know, I competed, you know, going up to Fred's gym, you know, I train in a hoodie, you yeah. know, and I'll wear like a tank top under it, you know, usually. And um, is that, so last, is that, to, is that for sweat or is that because you're kind of hiding the goods or what's your, what's your mindset? 
I like feeling warm and I, I, you know, I like keeping the muscle warm. Okay. And, um, you know, I like, I like the way it feels. I, and I wear, you know, it's like a compression hoodie almost, you know, yep. it's, uh, it's like a spandex type of hoodie. And so I like the, the, the resistance that it offers against, okay. against my muscles. And, but I want to see what's going on with the pump, you know, especially yep. when I'm that far along. So, you know, I would peel it off. And then, you know, look at myself in the mirror and it's like, wow, like, you know, at the last three weeks, you could really see the changes, the vascularity, the separation in the muscle, you know, yeah, it, it gets to, it's, it's like really freaky looking. I enjoy the look, you know, even though you can't maintain it forever. Now, here's a question for you. If I, if I can be so blunt, obviously, obviously you didn't get yourself too far out of shape, but did you have any have any excess skin in the stomach area? And was there anything you did to overcome that? Or have you always been kind of solid in the stomach area? No, I was solid. Okay. The one thing I found, though, that was been a challenge as I got older was, you know, keeping keeping it sucked in, having sure. the abdominal control. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I I had less control in 2022, which is when I first noticed it. And I okay. have like a. Um, an umbilical hernia. I don't know if you know what that is. Yes. Yes. Okay. You know, which is, which is frustrating. But, and I think sometimes maybe like the muscle wall there is weakened as I've gotten older and there's the tear there, okay. which I, you know, I hope to correct surgically. Um, but, you know, I, I decided, well, I'm not going to let it stop me for this sure. year's shows, you know, so I'm going to practice my vacuums every day, several times a day. And then Fred was like, you know, saying to me, Practice them for five or 10 minutes before you go to bed mm -hmm. on a full stomach, a day's worth of food in you, okay. because it's going to be even harder to pull that in. And that's, and that's going to make you stronger. So I, I did all these things, you know, to, and I, and he had me wearing a, a, a waist trainer for a, a year and a half. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> you know what that's like? <laughs> yeah, I don't wear them daily, but yeah, I have I have like certain nice specialized creams too, and I put that on to get that oh extra sweat God. going on. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I use this one that's called Squeeze Me Skinny. I'm like, it just it's like wearing a corset, you know. Like I feel like I'm back in Renaissance days, you know. I was gonna say, think about how our great 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 grandmothers felt. It's horrible. It. It's horrible. You can't breathe, you know. And, and I would not put it on, you know, a very tight setting when I wore it to do legs with Fred because I needed all the oxygen I could get. You know, here's a question that, that surprised me with, with teaming up with, I keep bringing up Vinny here, by teaming up with Vinny, he really opened up my eyes to like the over 50 competitors. Like I never realized how many there are. Are you surprised? Are you seeing increased numbers? Or I guess, what are you seeing now in that age category, like 50 above? Yeah, there, there are, you know, there are more competitors in that 50 and above, especially, you know, I would say more so in like men's physique, mm -hmm. you know, which has become incredibly, you know, popular among people. It's got like the, the biggest number of competitors versus bodybuilding. But yes. even in bodybuilding, you know, I think with the aging demographic in the country, you know, you got people that want to still compete and they enjoy competing. Um, yeah. hats off to Vinny though. I mean, I remember Vinny from back in the day in, in the Jersey gyms, you know, seeing him, you know, the guy's really a, um, a, a, a true spokesperson of the sport. He's, you know, like an icon, you know, uh, especially when you hear his story, you know, yeah. uh, with all that he's been through and, and, and overcome. I mean, it's a, it's certainly a testimony to his, you know, his desire and discipline to achieve success in the sport. Yep. 
being a, being a, a Jersey boy yourself, do you feel that Jersey has the best gyms? I've only been to a few, but I feel like that that's where the, the Mecca is almost. Yeah. I have to say so because, you know, I'm in Southern Delaware. Mm -hmm. And no disrespect to the gyms here, but, the, you know, they're, they're not – with the exception, I mean, and it's not Southern Delaware where, where Fred's gym is, the, the training center gym. The training center gym is what comes close to Jersey gyms. Okay. It's a vibe. And, you know, hardcore is an attitude. It's it's not, you know, but people are, are respectful and they're friendly. You know, yeah. um, you know, it's it's like I heard one time someone say bodybuilders can train with anybody, but, you know, not everybody can train alongside a bodybuilder, you know? Mm -hmm it's a little intimidating and um but jersey gyms are great you know i mean I, i've only known jersey gyms when i moved to california back in 2013 i lived in la for six years okay and, when, and friends of mine were saying like wow you know the gym's out there because they had this whole venice beach gold's gym you know concept and it's not like that at all it's gold's gym in venice beach is gold's gym venice beach but all the other gyms are these these, these big boxes where yeah. people are on their cell phones and I saw someone come in with their dog. And I was like, this person better be blind or, or, you know, cause if he's coming in with his dog, I mean, this is really, it was so ridiculous out there. There's two yeah. fruit through. Cause I, cause, cause I, my home base is a pollen gym in Edison. My good friend owns the gym. I don't know if you ever trained there. No, um, I hear good things though. And then strong and shapely. I've been with with Vinny. I've been with Signature. Obviously, I missed you by a day yes. this past weekend or two weekends ago. And then Diamond Gym is another one that's on my radar that I haven't been to yet that I heard is phenomenal. Yeah. Maz uh, has a gym in Patterson that's um, body work. Okay. It's supposed to be very good, too. Um, but they, it's, it's, um, I trained at a gym one time. I don't know if you know the name Stokely Palmer. Oh, of course. So I trained at Stokely's gym years ago when I was living in Jersey called uh, the Lion's Den. Oh, interesting. And okay. it was a small gym and Stokely was great. You know, he had great equipment in there. Like he had like these Atlantis machines, you know, well-engineered machines. And he said, you know, when it comes to owning a gym, he goes, I, I, I subscribe to the, the, the saying that my mom said to me, I go, what's that? He said, um, an old broom and a new broom will both clean the floor, but the old broom gets the corners. Ah, okay. It, it's tapered, you know? Who uses a broom anymore, you know? I just turned my Roomba on, but anyway. I'm, aging, I'm, I'm, I'm telling my age here, you know? <laughs> so, Paulie, as we wind down, I mean, what's next for you? Are we going to compete next year? Are we going to take a break? Are we kind of slowing down a little bit or what? Yeah, I told Fred, I said, I'm going to step away. This this was grueling. In fact, after the universe, when, you know, when I took second, we didn't get the pro card. He came up to me and he said, uh, you know, there's the Masters collegiate, you know, competition in Pittsburgh in a couple of weeks. And my kids looked at me, my, my two boys, they looked at me like, oh, shit, what's he going to say? You know, and I and I just uh, said, yeah, I'll have to talk to you about that. But I, I really felt burnt out. And yeah. I, I, I told him the following week, I said, I don't have it in me to do another show. He goes, I wasn't sure. He goes, we really we really pushed hard this time, you know, in this past year and a half, we trained and we did the, sh the, the shows in 22. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I told him I was going to take some time away. There's other things that I want to do. Sure. You know, uh, you know, in my life, you know, and um, I explore some other things. So, you know, even if I, I never compete again, I'm, I'm always going to be training. I love, you know, working out like a bodybuilder. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but on a competitive level, it's, it, it, I said to Fred, I go, you know, one of the things that we always talk about and Fred's talked about is, you know, you need discipline, you need dedication and you need desire. And of the three, if you're going to compete, desire is the biggest one. You got to okay. really want to do it. You got to want to yeah. be able to feel that pain. And, um, I'm not ready to feel that pain again just yet. Maybe when I'm 70, you know? So aside from the pro card, are you happy with the way your career is? I'm not going to say ended because that's the wrong word. We're not closing the chapter yet. The way it's progressed or the way it is currently. Absolutely. Yeah, I have no regrets at all. You know, I thank God that I've been blessed to be able to train free of injury, that I had right. a great friend and trainer and Fred Smalls, that I had support from, you know, my gal in Jersey and my boys and my, my mom and stuff, you know. Uh, and if my dad was still here, you know, he used to love hearing about my, my stories about my training sessions with Fred, but you know, I've accomplished a lot. I mean, being in the best, literally the best shape of my life at age 61 just was, you know, I think I mentioned to you recently, there's a book by the name of, uh, an author, um, Samuel Fussell. And it came out, it was printed in 91 and it's called muscle confessions of an unlikely bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. And in the book, he competes, you know, I won't tell you the whole story, but at the end of the book, when he competes in the show and he gets second in this contest in California, moves from New York to California to be a bodybuilder. And there's a picture of him in the book and the caption reads a bodybuilder at last. And that's kind of how I feel, you know, yep. uh, I've, I've accomplished the goal of becoming a bodybuilder you know, and what that means to me, you know, from a competitive standpoint, standpoint, and and from a muscular development standpoint. Paulie, it's truly been a pleasure. I mean, as we wrap down, is there anything that we haven't covered? Anything else that you want to kind of tell your friends that are listening, people that are listening in general, anything whatsoever? No, I think, uh, you know, I appreciate the opportunity. Like I said, Sean, you know, you've been uh, terrific to, to talk to, you know, uh, outside of this podcast. You know, uh, we share, you know, similar thoughts and experiences, you know, uh, know, with roots that go back to Jersey. Um, You know, we have a a common friend in Vinnie Galanti. And, um, you know, again, I appreciate it. It was a great conversation. There's really nothing else I could think of. Paulie, where can where can people find you if they want to connect with you on social media? Say hello, make friends. Where can people reach out to you? I'm on Instagram. It's at Paulie underscore D three, three, three. That's my Instagram address. And, um, you know, I don't do Facebook. I've been criticized for not doing Facebook, but you know, it's like how much social media, you know, can you juggle, you know, and have, and have life, you know, time for the rest of life, you know, any sponsors, anything whatsoever. Nothing like that. I credit. Yeah. I I will say my boss, Dan Gamellan was very supportive, you know, and allowing me the opportunity to, to do what I do and still have my job, you know, because it's demanding, you know? And, uh, he, when I told him I was going to compete again this year, he said, you said that last year, you know, in 2022, that that was, you weren't going to compete again. So it's an itch boss. It's an itch. Yeah. So last question, I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Where's Fred placing? Um, I like to see him win. I have to say that, you know, uh, I don't know because anything can happen, you know, with competition. I always say I want my competition to show up in the best shape of their lives of so I can beat them on their best day. That's yep. how I look at it, you know, and Fred's attitude. He's, he's really dialed in, uh, 
Like I said, I've only seen him train for the San Diego Pro a couple of years back. Okay. And that was that was just a shadow of what he could be. He's he's going to bring a, a good package to the table this year. He's an excellent poser. Yes. As well. As is Vinny. Vinny's a great poser. I, I, I told Vinny, I DM'd him on Instagram. I said, I'm stealing some of your stuff. You Another know? lost art. Another lost art, unfortunately. With, yeah. With, with posing nowadays. Yeah. No, they're really good. And you just had something recently you put up about posing, you know. I think I put like Sean Ray was a great poser. Yes, because I did that selfishly because now I'm, I'm going through YouTube looking at all the posers Same. and stuff. I just, did it. Just so I could start doing it and whatnot because I'm a yeah. smaller guy. So I need to do something more classical and not yeah. as bombastic and, and kind of ballistic. Yeah. So, but, but Paul, again, it's truly been a pleasure. Stay on for just a minute. But, uh, but to everybody that's following, thank you so much. It's an honor and a pleasure. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow. And again, have a great rest of the week. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sean.